Welcome to the harbor tonight. You're in the best place you could be. You can be in front of a TV set, amen, or just stuffing your face with things that aren't healthy. But tonight you're stuffing your spirit full of things that are healthy, amen. And the Word of God, of course, is healthy. And make sure you're paying attention not just to what a human being is doing or saying, but pay attention to the true teacher of the church, what the Holy Ghost is saying to you tonight. Amen. So um, I want to have you go with me over to uh, Scripture in Ephesians chapter 3. We've been talking uh, the past couple of sessions regarding walking in the love of God. And uh, this particular topic is, is so important to where God has us going as individuals, as a church, because the Bible does tell us that faith worketh by love. And you know, um, to, to see the things that God wants to do in us and through us, we're going to have to have certain things about us that are, that are true. In other words, there are certain factors that have to be in line. For example, we've got to maintain and walk in a spirit of faith. A constant spirit of believing God. Say it with me, nothing's too hard for the Lord. And if we don't know how that operates, we know the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. So it's not a mystery how to take the measure of faith that we have. Somebody will say, well, I don't have any faith like you. No, every believer has been given the measure or the metron of faith. It's just that not every believer has cultivated or developed that faith. And notice it's not just developing your faith in one area. You can be strong in one area and be weak in another. You can be strong in terms of walking in victory over sin and deliverance from bondages and be weak in finances. Or you can be strong in finances and weak in terms of physical healing. God wants you to be strong in every aspect. Which means you have to read the Word of God, meditate on what it says, and faith comes by hearing. And that metron begins to grow. But make no mistake about it, faith is not the only variable affecting your receiving or affecting God flowing through you to touch other people's lives. And we don't want to be, you know, uh, the kind of church where that we put up that kind of a vibe that it's all about faith because it's not all about faith. It's just not that simple. It's also very important for you to understand the role that hope plays. You have to have an inner image of an eager expectation. You have to have a vision. You have to see what God is trying to do in you and through you. And that involves that your godly, amen, sanctified imagination where you, you dream dreams. Dream dreams for things He wants you to do. Dream dreams for things you're believing God for. If you're sick tonight, you dream and you see yourself whole. And it's so important you understand this because a lot of people after years of dealing with disease and sickness have cultivated a self-identity as a sick one. That's not the way he sees you. Just like he doesn't see you as an old pitiful sinner. Listen carefully to what the Holy Ghost is saying tonight. We are no longer sinners saved by grace. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ. But you'd be amazed how many Christians still see themselves as the broken one, the sick one, the bound one. Hope and faith and love, they work together. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is being sure it's the title deed of what we hope for. So if there's nothing on the inside of us that's been cultivated, an inner image of an eager expectation, uh, other brothers and sisters have described it like this, a white hot expectancy. Anybody ever in chemistry lab lit some magnesium on fire? 
and watched it burn. It's bright as it possibly can be. That's what's supposed to be on the inside of us. But a lot of people have lost their hope. They lost their way. The Spirit of God kind of showed it to me like this. Some of y'all have been hit with a spiritual Mack truck. But rejoice because you're still here. You haven't given up on God. You haven't let the devil get away with it. And I tell you this, he should have just finished the job because, because he didn't finish the job with you. You're a big time threat. Some people use family, relationships, money, sickness, disease, temptation. He's got a bag full of tricks, but they're all the same. And he did his best. And his best didn't work. Other people, it was grief and sorrow and loss and failure in some regards. And you're still serving him. Yes. Don't you buy the lie that your best days are behind you. No. Your best days are ahead of you. Yes. Amen. I'm telling you, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That's right. You may have been hit, but guess what? Somehow you staggered away and you found out that God still loves you and he's for you. Yes. And he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. It must be that these things work together. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, of course, is, is love. For some people, it's a faith issue. They just, they just don't believe what God says. They've not cultivated that spirit of faith, that spirit of faith, a, a, an attitude about them of believing God. Lots of people have cultivated a doubter's mentality and the spirit of a doubter. And then some people just don't have that inner image of an eager expectation. You say, well, pastor, how do I get that inner image of an eager expectation? The same way you got faith. Aren't you glad it's not complicated? Listen to me carefully. Walk closely with the Holy Ghost and stay in the Word of God and you'll be successful all the days of your life. Nothing will be able to defeat you. You may get some punches, but the righteous man falls down seven times and does what? Gets back up again. Yeah, they'll fall. I shall. Come on, shout. I shall arise. And that's what you're doing. And I just go through the congregation through the years and I can remember things and, and, and the way the enemy worked against this person or against this family. But I'm telling you that people who have stood, people who have refused to give up, you're looking at some wonderful things ahead of you. You're going to see God do things in you and through you and in your family. You're going to see amazing things happen because I'm telling you what, God loves to work on behalf of the non-quitters. There is something to be said for just refusing to quit. And listen, I can tell you about my Mack trucks, and I can tell you about the times I've been smacked in the face. Amen. I made it in my mind. I'm going to take a look and keep on ticking. Because <laughs> the best is what? It's still out there. This is no time, you know, for us to rest back on our laurels or, or thinking about what could have been and what we didn't do right. It's time to march. Amen. Uh, we're out of time. That makes sense. So, how do I get that 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 hope? You know, I remember those old Polaroids. I remember all those things. And, you, yeah. <laughs> and then Kodak came out with one, and then Kodak got sued by Polaroid because they stole their technology. But you take the picture, right? <laughs> and slowly, everybody say slowly, slowly. it would develop. Yes. And then what happens to those same pictures over time? They fade. And trust me when I say this, my mom has some pictures and I thank God every day they faded. Amen. <laughs> they are just gone. Glory to God. Praise the Lord for that. But you notice it that over time that thing would come into clarity. And yet at the same time, if you're not careful over time, that same image that was once so vibrant is starting 
to fade and fade and fade. And that's what happens when the believer gets excited about something in the Word of God. They hear some message, they go to some conference, hear some tape series, and all of a sudden read some book, and they're just alive and lit up on the inside with Bible hope. Amen. An inner image of an eager expectation. But over time, that picture that was formed on the inside of them, that expected goal, that end, that dream, it begins to fade. Well, what do you do when it begins to fade? Well, first of all, don't let it fade. But if it begins to fade, just start pumping the Word back in there. And write this down. This isn't my principle. It's not my revelation. God shared this with Brother Jerry. And he said this, the Word of God, amen, is the paint. Your heart is the canvas, and the Holy Ghost is the artist. How many have a willing heart? Nice, pure, clean heart that just wants to do what God wants you to do. The Holy Ghost knows how to paint. Amen. Amen. But nobody can paint without brushes and paint. That's right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And watch this. The Holy Ghost never paints a picture on the inside of you that's not biblical. There's never any contradiction between the Spirit of God Amen. and the Word of God. So what has to happen, this as an example, if, if your identity is the, the sick one. I know some people who fought to keep that thing. I mean, you tell them they can be healed, they don't want to hear, well, this is God's will, this is the way it is, I'm just a sick one. Now, don't ever call yourself or accept any identity that Jesus died on the cross to deliver you from. You fight. I said you fight with every fiber of your being in these areas. But, for example, if you're battling something tonight physically, you get in the Word of God and find the healing paint. Mm -hmm. Amen. And you let Him paint on your heart the picture not of the sick one, but of the healed one. If the issue is finances, find you some financial paint. There's financial paint in the Bible? Well, Shazam, yes, there is. There's wonderful promises in the Bible. Amen. Tithers rights. Sowers promises. A promise to meet all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. He is the one who takes care of his people. Yes. And what do you do? You don't listen to you know, popular theologians. Don't listen to all the naysayers. Don't listen to the anti-faith people. Just listen to what the Word of God says. Yes. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. Um, Jamie, was this, was this your post? I think it was of what Joel said. If you listen to the wrong voices, you'll make the wrong choices. That's right. Come on, I say that. If you listen, you listen to the wrong voices, the wrong voices. You'll, make you'll make the wrong choices. Ta-da. <laughs> so I'm listening to what the Bible says about God's ability to take care of me. And I've got, I've got some financial paint. you got a bad habit, need deliverance, find you some deliverance paint. you got a lousy attitude, find you some good attitude paint. And paint. And what's going to happen on the inside of you? It begins to change. So now your faith and your hope is, is in alignment. Faith, amen, is being sure of the image that I see on the inside. Faith is not being sure of a blank canvas. But here's here's the mystery right here. Your heart will never, ever really be blank. It'll either reflect the Word of God or something else. It's impossible for you to carry no image. Just like it's impossible for you to not believe. You're always going to believe Something. That's just the way you are wired. No, I don't believe anything. No, you believe that. It's impossible for you not to believe. And it's impossible for you not to have some image. 
Now, if you've been in a ditch, so to speak, with these things, you've got a lot of time to make up. It's going to take some time to root that thing out. We're not starting most times with a blank canvas. Does that make sense? The only exception to that is when somebody's born again, excited for God, turned off for God, and instead of getting a hold of religion, they get a hold of the uncompromised Word of God, yeah. painting truth instead of religion. Amen. Yes. Painting truth instead of that old dead uh, you know, doctrine of man. But for most of us, we started in a ditch. So what do you do? You get that shovel of the Word of God out, and you dig that old image out, amen, and now you start applying the truth. This is why it's so important, so critical, that you don't expose yourself to things that contradict the Word of God or contradict the things you're believing God for. Amen. Why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, one day, listen to a faith message, the next day, listen to something else that contradicts the Word of God. One day, you listen to, I'm the God that healeth thee, and go somewhere else and listen to, well, I'm the God that put you there in the first place. Amen. Some people's faith is just schizophrenic. There's a pill for that. Gospels. Amen. Glory to God. You need, you need to stay on what did God say. We're in a crucial time. We don't have time to play games. Go over here and listen to this voice. And go over there and listen to that voice. And go over here and listen to that voice. Next thing you know, you're all confused and wondering why you're not getting any results. Everybody say faith. Hope and love. But the greatest of these is what? Is love. Now, how many are you starting to really believe God loves you? That's the foundation. I can't really talk about us walking in love and understanding how important that is to walking in victory and walking in the things He's called us into and seeing results until you first believe He loves you. Why does He forgive you? He loves you. Why does He provide healing? He loves you. Why does He help you with your bills? He loves you. Why does He give you peace? Amen. That's incomprehensible to the natural mind because He loves you. How could you laugh in the face of adversity and have joy despite adverse circumstances? Because He loves you. Say, He loves me. And here's what you're going to do. No matter what you face, you're going to just straighten up your, your shoulders. You're going to lift your head up high and you're going to say, God loves me. I tell you, freak the devil out. That's like you saying, like Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I know he won't because he loves me. But that was his mentality. Devil, you're not going to get me to turn on my God. Come on, say, I know he loves me no matter what. And because he loves me, he's going to move my life in the direction of a revelation of his love. Watch this, which is the word of God. The word is a revelation of the love of God. So say it. He loves me. I believe that. We are, according to what the gospel says and what the apostle John says, we need to believe the love. Amen. Remember the teaching? I conceive the love. I see myself being loved by the Father. I believe the love. I actually make the decision, the choice. I'm going to believe what he said. And I do what? I receive it, which means I take it. How do I take it? I don't take things in the spirit realm with my hands and my arms. I take things in the spirit realm with the words of my mouth. Say, I take things in the spirit realm with the words of my mouth. So if that's true when it comes to this love, you know, foundation, how important this is, then no matter what, I'm, I'm saying God loves me. When your love and goes through a hard time, you boldly say, God loves you and I love you and you're coming through this in Jesus' name. 
You don't have to know the details. You just have to say, I know God's going to come through because he, he loves me. You should be confessing that God loves you. Come on, say it boldly. God loves me. Say it, I am his favorite. Some of you have a hard time saying that because you still feel like the black sheep of the family. Amen. You're over on the rough side of the tracks and there'll never be anything. We need to wash that heart and renew that mind. You are God's favorite. That's right. Every person who has confidence and faith in Him, every child of His is His favorite. Natural families may have favorites. Everybody knows that I'm mom's favorite. I was dad's favorite too. It's still him. Amen. Don't tell Tammy. <laughs> that may be true in a, in a natural sense, but with God, all of His kids are favorites. That's right. And, and what I'm about to say will absolutely fry if you have even a remnant of religion in you tonight. It will fry you when you realize that according to Scripture, the Father loves you as much as He loves Jesus. That's right. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. That's how much. The religion man says, that can't be possible. He's just one and only begotten Son. How can that be possible? Because Jesus... His standing is your standing. He's seated at the, at the what? Right hand of the Father. You're seated together with Him in heavenly places. His inheritance is your inheritance. And when religious people hear things like, I am the righteousness of God, they freak out. But that's what the Word of God says. And the Word of God actually teaches that you're loved just like He loves Jesus. If that's not true, then it didn't work. Redemption didn't take. Now tell me, if you really have a revelation of the fact that your father loves you as much as he loves Jesus, you're not going to have a bad day. Nope. <laughs> you're not going to have inner image of, I'm the poor one here, I'm the negative one, I'm the one that's destitute. Hey, man, like I said the other day, it's not getting people out of Lodabar. God's great at doing that. People have got to allow for the renewing of their mind, getting out of Lodabar mentally and emotionally, getting Lodabar out of them. Say that. This is it. This is it. Last day. Last day. I'm, not going back. I'm not going back. No more reservations, no more reservations. at Hotel Lodabar. There is nothing back there. <laughs> nothing for us. Where is that, Pastor? It's at the King's Table. Yes. Say it. It's at the King's Table. It's, King's it's King's not table. in Lodabar. And some of you thinking, I'm not invited there. Oh, yeah, you are. He has prepared a table before. Amen. In the presence of your Enemy, you don't have to wait to heaven to have the table. You don't have any enemies in heaven. Think about that. All these people thinking you're nuts. Can I tell you something? There's a mess of people just like you around the country, around the world, that are about to experience supernatural vindication because you dared to believe what God said. And they can all just watch you eating and feasting and enjoying, amen, the benefits of being a believer. Glory to God. Say it with me. Faith and hope and love. And the greatest of these is what? And here's the deal. These never pass away. You need to know how hope works because you'll be functioning in hope for all eternity. You need to know how faith works because that's not going to disappear. Does that make sense to you? And how many of love's never going to disappear? God is love. How can His nature ever disappear? 
So we take this foundation, this wonderful truth that God loves us. Say, He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And we allow it to establish a foundation that we now transfer in our attitude to other people. And that's where this other factor comes in. It's not just faith. It's not just hope. Love is a key factor. And what God is telling us right now as, as a church is to evaluate and just do an honest assessment of how we're actually doing in these areas. Who are we supposed to love? And what do the marks of a person that love, you know, what does that look like in terms of a child of God? How many want to grow in these things? Well, turn over again to Ephesians 3. You should have had a, a handle up by now. <laughs> only gave you 20 minutes to get there. Unite because we've conceived, believed, and received God's love. You know, then we take on this mindset. We'll start here in Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. How many know you have your daddy's name? Yes. I said you have your daddy's name. Yes. Is that important? Yes. It's even important in the natural. Mm-hmm. It's more important than you have an understanding that you derive your name. Amen. Creflo says, I am blessed, I am healed, I am prosperous. Amen. I am delivered. I am full of joy and victory and peace. I'm part of the Am family. (laughs) God is I am, and guess whose family you're part of? Say, I'm part of the Am family. I didn't say the Adams family. I said the Am family. Say, I'm part of the Am Am family. And uh, I've told this story before, but in context, I'll tell it again. You know, Kelly's told her story about how she's recently found out who um, her uh, real biological father is. And uh, he's, uh, we believe he's at home with the Lord and uh, it's late in life. And before she, I got to meet him, he had actually died, passed away. But uh, her actual last name is, is Taylor. Uh, Pierce is on her birth certificate. Her, her mom and family, they were all Holtz. And uh, so the Lord put it on my heart because she wanted to do this to have a, an, you know, an execute a change of name for, for her middle name. And uh, you say, is that a big deal? Yes. And so all it was was, uh, you know, uh, our, ten- our attorney here is a friend of mine, just uh, showed me the document and you just put the name and the petition. And he said, oftentimes they'll just sign the thing and send it back out and go sometimes, you know, but he's not in for three or four weeks, so we don't know exactly what will happen here. And so they turned it in and quickly sent that back out again. And so the official signature with a judge on there, naming her Kelly Taylor, amen, Hines. Is that a big deal? Yes, it is. It is a big deal. Yes, Because there's a connection there. Even though she doesn't on this earth know him or have a relationship with him, there's a connection there. I thank God she can have a connection with people that are also of his bloodline. That's right. Uh, particularly, he has a good relationship with a brother named Kenny. Uh, what a wonderful thing to find out you have all these brothers. That can be a good thing or a bad thing. Amen. <laughs> uh, Kenny, Kenny is a great job, guy. He's actually visited here before. Some of you were here when he did. And so last uh, Christmas, I, I, I just uh, took that application and put it in a box and put a bow on it and gave it to her. And uh, how important is it? Now, I, I'm good to her at Christmas. Amen. I'm just, I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, I was always good with, with, with Timothy and, and Sarah. And of course, Grant, you know I'm good with the grandkids. I mean, come on now. That's like a spiritual gift, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> And so, you know, I always want to be a blessing. Um, I love, you know, giving and blessing people in general. And, uh, but she opened that thing, and in all the years we've been married, 
I've never seen a reaction like she had when she opened up that thing and saw that document ready to be processed by the court. Now, how much bigger a deal is it the fact that you have God's name? How big a deal is that? How big a gift is that? What is that worth? Amen. And he did it by the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, we, we just need to be so convinced and so excited about the reality of what he did. And don't let anybody talk us out of it. Amen. Every benefit, every good thing he has done, he has provided for you and for me, cost a great cost. His blood. You say, yeah, he, he, he provided atonement. So much more than that, animals provided atonement. The blood of Jesus obliterated your sin. Not just covered it for another year. It's gone. And now you're his son, you're his daughter. Say, he loves me. He loves Say, he loves me. And the Bible says that we, we love him because he first loved us. And read on the scripture. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And how many glad He's done that and doing that in your life? That you, and listen to this, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, you see here that. There is, there is no way to, to walk in, in, in real victory and possess all that he has for you without that foundation of being rooted and grounded. Make that confession right now. I am rooted and grounded. I see a lot of Christians in the, in the church in the past 20, 30 years that are anything but rooted and grounded. They're up, they're down, they're in, they're out. They're excited for God. They're not excited for God. They, you know, they run into you and they think you're the greatest thing in the world. Next thing you know, they want nothing to do with it. It's the same way with, with church and, and the hops. I mean, there's so many people hopping around in terms of church membership and church attendance all over the country. You think they're into hip hop. Amen. They're all over the place. Does that make sense? But Christians uh, who have understood these things and have developed and cultivated being rooted and grounded in love, there is a stability in them. Well, what are they rooted and grounded in? First of all, they're rooted and grounded in the revelation that God loves them. Say, God loves me. But it doesn't stop there. And there are a lot of Christians that love the love of God and the mercy of God, but they don't understand that by accepting that, there is now the responsibility to what? To love. Does that make sense? So watch this. Three, three dimensions of love is number one, God loves us. There would be no way we can love if we don't have that revelation. That's where it all starts with. God is what? Is love. Second dimension is that is that we believe, you know, the fact that he, he loves us, but we do what? We reciprocate. We love him because he first loved us. That's the second dimension of being rooted in gratitude. Say it with me. God loving us. God loving us. And then we love God. We love God. And then third, we love the people that God tells us to love. Now watch this. If you don't have all three of those dimensions operating in your life consistently, you're not operating in love. You're not walking in love. And you say, well, I've done real good, but God loving me and I'm loving him to the best of my ability. But people just rub me the wrong way. 
And in terms of the love of God, two out of three is, is, is not good. Does that make sense? You need to have each of these to be rooted and grounded. Rooted so you can be fruitful, you can, you know, adapt to whatever comes at you. You're, you're like some, you know, chapter one, you're, you're rooted and you're nourished by rivers of living water. You're actually fruitful, amen, bearing fruit consistently. That takes some rooting to do. The Bible has the same kind of concept when it comes to the Word of God. Your roots grow down deep. You're actually, you know, engrafted into the truth of God because of that work. But I am supposed to believe that He loves me, but I'm also supposed to reciprocate and love God. Okay? But then I'm also supposed to love others. Now watch this. You could have a great inner image of what God's trying to do because you've been in the Word you can have faith that will move mountains. But if you don't walk in love, not just loving God, not just God loving you, but you loving the people the way God loved you, then your faith is not going to work because faith works by... Here's what I want you to do. And every time you hear that scripture the rest of your life, say, faith, faith works, works by, love. by love. It doesn't work, it doesn't work. without love. love. But say this, my faith works. Don't ever say my faith doesn't work. It works. Yes, it does. Say faith works. Faith Why do I say it? Because that's what the Bible says. But faith works by love. But let's define it. Faith works by knowing God loves you, you loving God, and you loving others. And if you leave the third one out, your faith won't work right. And that is the key to a lot of us that are either delayed are denied in terms of our manifestation. And look, God's love for you is not going to change. And I doubt at this point in time, you suddenly turning on God. That's not going to happen. Say it with me. To whom shall I go? He has the words of eternal life. Come on, say, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) He's been too good to me. So where is the factor? It's with people. Look at somebody say, he's talking about you, obviously. He's talking about you. (laughs) It's not God suddenly not loving us, and we're not going to suddenly turn on God. Some people do because they don't see results, because their love for God is tied to what he can do for them instead of who he is. You should love him regardless. If you never receive another thing the rest of your life, you should love him with the same unconditional love that he loves you. Amen? Say number one. Number two. But the issue is number three. Are you here at night? So when I say faith works by love, faith works by you knowing and believing God loves you. Faith works by you loving God. And faith works by you loving people. Now you know why the devil works overtime trying to get you to snap at people. Go after people. Be rude and unkind. Hold grudges. Get bitter. Don't forgive. Why? You've got this little issue going on with somebody, but he's got a bigger, bigger agenda than that. He's trying to shut down your faith life and you're cooperating with him. Let your eyes be opened up to his scheme. There's a bigger thing going on here than just a personal problem that you have. As long as you're on this earth, you're going to have people. And, and shock it all. There's going to be people in heaven that you don't think are going to be there. 
And God's going to put them right next to your mansion. <laughs> There's going to be a class in heaven. Remedial love walk. I think we should pass the test here. So that we're ready when we go there. I mean, there, there's some denominations that are so filled with themselves, they think no one else is going. Boy, are they going to be surprised. <laughs> I mean, I've heard for years the Baptist sniping at the Church of Christ and the Church of Christ sniping at the Baptist. I think God's going to put them right next to each other. Amen? <laughs> Heavenly camps until they get along. Glory to God. <laughs> because it's not based on that. It's based on what did you do with Jesus? Right. Amen. Say, what did you do? <laughs> With Jesus. Now, how great a denominational soldier you were. That makes sense. So, set me. Faith works by love. It's energized, it operates by love. And since God's not going to stop loving you, and I believe you're not going to stop loving God, what's the issue for you and for me? It is understanding the, the types and the classes, of course, the, the different groups of people we're supposed to love from Scripture and being consistent about that. Right. There's something to be said about consistency. Years ago, Gloria was just praying and going over the Word of God and listening to tapes and writing every word down. And she was so excited about revelations that God was giving her and she couldn't wait for her husband to come home and he came home and she said, I got this revelation from God. He told me that it was in my consistency that lied the, lies the power. And he got a big smile on his face. You know what? That's exactly what God told me today. It's what we do all the time. It's not what you say just when you're in church. It's what you say all the time. It's what you believe all the time. It's what you hope all the time. And so coming in and out of love, you're playing into the devil's hand because there's no consistency there. But I've got a little bit of a window here uh, regarding this church, and I believe that I have somewhat of, of a right to say so. I've been here a while, and I'm telling you that, that there are a mass of people in this church that have cultivated this disciplined life of consistency, and you're about to see the payoff for being like that. It matters. It matters. And the devil will do everything he can to get you to stop being consistent, to come out, you know, take a few days out of love and hold a grudge for a month or get negative and belligerent for a couple of weeks. You know, the problem with doing that is you just might not ever come back to a place where you're keeping number three correctly. You what? You die and go to heaven, but well below your privileges. And if you get really, really incensed, the Bible lets it very, very plain, this is no very plain, that if we won't forgive, How do you know no Christian should ever be in that place? Amen. Aren't you glad you've been forgiven? Yes. Amen. Yes. Everything that you have received that comes as a manifestation of God's love, everything you've received that comes as a manifestation of God's love, you should be willing to grant to everybody else. Yes. Mercy. I mean, you know, God's been merciful to us. And then we turn around and be unmerciful to somebody else. To receive great mercy and not give it is a stench of the nostrils of God. Why? Because we claim to, to love Him. But we can't claim to love God, John said, if we don't love people. We can't love God and hate people. Does that make sense? So what is God saying there? He's saying that our, our refusal to love people is making number two suspect. 
Amen. Praise God. Are you receiving this foundation tonight? So who does it start with? It starts with loving God. Um, let's make sure we got a hold of that tonight. Say it, loving God. Go over to Matthew 22. There are five of these. The knowing that He loves you, which is the foundation. We should be responding, you know, in a in a positive way, in a disciplined way, in a consistent way to loving Him. Let me know when you found Matthew. Any gun smoke fans out there? Matthew. Matthew 22. Look at uh, verse uh, 14, I guess. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, Jesus basically let them know that you don't know a thing about <laughs> the resurrection. So uh, pipe down. Pharisees love that. He sure told those Sadducees, didn't he? Everybody know what Sadducee means? They're sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. There's some crockpot, crackpot called a progressive minister out there, and he's basically denied that Matthew and Luke and John are Gospels, and uh, that there was no physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen carefully. Paul said if there was no literal resurrection of the dead, we are what? We are dead in our sins. And this is, individuals like this gaining traction in our culture saying it was just a spiritual resurrection. Look at somebody say it was a bodily resurrection. Body, soul, and spirit. And what kind of, what kind of person would say that? A demonized person would say that. I mean, we're talking about striking at the fundamentals of Christianity here. We're not even talking about things that we may believe that's distinct from some other Christian group. But we are absolutely striking at the foundations here. He was crucified, died, and was buried. And on the third day, he what? Right. Amen. What's the point of saying he was buried? <laughs> he was bodily incarnate. Amen. He lived in a body. He died with a body. Amen. And he rose. And furthermore, if there is no physical resurrection, then you and I will not get one. What's the problem with that? The same apostle told us that we're going to have a different kind of flesh. So do we take this crackpot's word or do we stick with the apostle Paul? It's so easy just to stick to the word. Turn to somebody and tell them to stick to the word. Pharisees, uh, the Pharisees got together and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So first, we love God. 
And, um, you know, it's, it's really easy to do when you think about the price that he paid and what he has done. Say, God's not my problem. Come on, say, God is not my problem. He's my solution. Listen to the voice of a man of God named John Osteen ringing through the years, the decades. All that steals, all that kills, all that destroys is of the devil. God said, I've come that they might have life and have it what? More abundantly to the full, it says, until it overflows. That's the difference. There are some people that get put out with God because they think he's holding out on them or because, you know, something didn't go the way they thought it should go. It's amazing where the first ones to blame God and the last ones to give him credit. Just spend, you know, tomorrow giving him credit for everything he's done in your life. Just spend all day doing that. And I promise you this, your love won't diminish. Your love will grow. But watch this. All the prophets, all the law, all the promises, every good thing God has for you hangs on this. Depends on. Brother Copeland saw it as a golden curtain rod that if you knock that rod down, all the blessings are hanging on that rod. Anybody here ever had those old sorry, you know, curtain rods that kept falling down? <laughs> You've got the lightest, you know, shower curtain on there you can find. And you just, just nudge it and there it goes. Um, that's what happens when we come out of love. We knock down the rod and everything that God has for us is compromised because of it. Say it, I love God. Walk with God. Do what He tells me to do. We love God because He first loved us. Is that enough reason right there? Everybody say, thank God. Thank you, God, for loving me. Say, thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Well, he goes on to say things like this, and we know this is true. In John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Let's say it. I believe he loves me, and I'm going to love him. But loving is not just saying, oh, praise the Lord, raising your hands, clapping your hands, having a prayer time. The greatest indicator you love God is that you obey Him. Obey Him out. The clear teachings of the Word of God and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So when you're about to say something you shouldn't say, and the Holy Ghost says, be quiet. If you love God, you shut up. Clear teaching of the Word of God tells us to forgive. You refuse to forgive. That's not just, well, that person, listen, you, you think it's about the person you won't forgive. But in reality, you don't love God like you think you do. Because if you did, you would do what? You would obey Him. A lot of Christians don't understand that to love God is to obey Him. It's not about, well, I agree with this or I don't agree with that. No. When you get a revelation of the covenant of tithing and what God will do if you are a tither, I mean, nobody can talk you out of it. But you have to have a revelation on it. That's why we share the principles and, and those that get up there and do those preliminaries. It's not really preliminary. That's the heart. Because every single week, somebody could be in dire trouble financially. And the church can't wait once a year to talk about it. No. And sheepishly at that. With embarrassment. No, we've got to teach these things plainly because people's lives depend on knowing what the truth says. 
But once you understand that we don't tithe out of the law, we tithe as a revelation of walking in the faith footsteps of our father Abraham, Romans 4. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We do it because we want to be a man or woman of faith because he tithed hundreds of years before the law was given. So when somebody tells you tithing's under the law, they need to study better. It's under faith. It was an expression of faith through what? Through Abraham, and it is that way today. But guess what? We're commanded to walk by faith and not by sight. So if I love God, I'm going to obey the command of faith, and I'm going to do the things that what? Faith people do. Right? Right? And what did he do? Nobody told him to do it. He got it by revelation. He comes to Melchizedek. Melchizedek blesses him. Amen. And he gives him a tenth of everything. Now watch this. We refuse to do it. Some people absolutely hinder themselves for decades on this one simple principle. And all they need to do is just cross over by faith into honoring God and obeying Him, which is what this is about. And it's, it's really a demonstration of love. Amen. Amen. Now, I'll tell you, Sowing and reaping works. Yes, it does. Amen. I got a couple amens over here and then stunned look over here. Let me try this again. Tithing works. Sowing works. I can't explain how all the mechanics are. All I know works. But I can't explain how you put seed in the ground and get a corn stalk. There's a lot of things I don't understand that I know that they just work. If you love God, you're going to do what? Now, somebody walk out here saying, did you know the pastor said, if I don't tithe, I don't love God. You're missing the whole point. <laughs> there could be anything that God's prompting us to do by His Word or by His Spirit. And at that moment, if you don't listen to what He is saying and do it, it is a reflection of just how much you do love God. I didn't say it. If you love me, you will keep my Commandments. Now you're sitting at, uh, at Walmart waiting to self-checkout. Wondering when your break is, amen, because you're working there for nothing. <laughs> Looking for a paycheck because you're helping them out. And there's four or five people in front of you. And the Spirit of God begins to deal with you in these high inflationary times. That single mama with just, what, half a cart full because she can't make ends meet. But God's prompting you to walk up there and, amen, slide your debit card in and pay for it. And you're fighting him and your chest is starting to pound a little bit because you know it's him. That's a revelation of loving God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. If you love God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Who are you going to call? <laughs> Who are you going to obey? You're going to obey God if you love him. Saying, I love God. And I can tell I do because I obey it. Now, this is not cause for me judging you, you judging me, or judging one another. It's for you just to say, okay, how am I doing? I believe God loves me. Okay, check number one off. How am I doing with number two? I love God. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love God. No, I love God because I do what He tells me to do. Does that make sense? How many you know that there can be a mature or growing up love? Yeah. Amen. And you all know that uh, one of the benefits of that, of course, is perfect love or mature love casts out fear. Yes, 
Uh, that's what we're talking about here. Maturing in your love for Him, where you're consistently, say consistently. Well, Pastor, I obeyed Him once last month. Doesn't that count for something? <laughs> I may say that your record's a little bit better than that. Well, for one, you're in church on a Wednesday night. They should pass out spiritual gold stars for that in America. You stick it right there. <laughs> Ooh, you're one of those serious believers. You went to church on a Wednesday night in America. Amen. Well, you know as well as I do that God feeds the hungry. Yes, He does. According to our faith, be done to us. He'll feed us at a level of expectation, making a demand on the anointing for the Spirit of God actually to, to teach us and instruct us. So understand this, that uh, number one is we believe totally, completely that God loves us. Say, He loves me. He loves Say, He loves me. He loves I'm His favorite. Turn to your neighbor and respond and say, I'm His favorite. He loves me. You know who says God loves me and, and I'm His favorite more than anybody in the body of Christ? Jesse Duplantis. And if you look at his life, you have to agree. God loves that boy. <laughs> Does that make sense? There's no doubt in his mind that God loves him. Now add to that a commitment to love him by the definition that he gives of love, by doing the things that he tells you to do. Amen? Pastor, wouldn't it be so cool if we could just stop with that and not get into all these people? <laughs> no, it's, it's not that simple. Um, there are some people that we're supposed to love. Glory to God. And we'll pick this up next time. Amen. But how do you want your, your love to work? You want your faith to work? What do I got to do? Believe God loves me. Love God. And love people. Amen. Now, we don't have a confessionals like the Catholics do. But if you need to repent tonight, you go home and make a little confessional out of your bedroom or your closet saying, so you know, and here's the point. Pastor's going to get to this shortly. Why don't you just go ahead and beat me to the punch? <laughs> and go ahead and deal with anyone or everything you got a problem with. That's right. And you'll be able to sit there just like this. I already dealt with it. <laughs> Bring it on. Pastor. I already dealt with that. Repented of that. Ask forgiveness for that. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just, just three steps, Pastor, for a faith. I'm ready for a fourth. Go bring it on. Amen. <laughs> just go ahead and let him speak to you about some problem areas you may have. And it's different for different people. Amen. Um, I think you get to a certain point where when you're clear from Scripture, as a believer, say, it's clear for me. Uh, how many, when you know what God's will is, you want to do it? Yeah, exactly. Amen. And, and you've been headed in that direction in terms of your habit in your life. I believe that. That's why I said what I said. I think we're at a place we believe God loves us. And I think we're growing and growing more and more towards people that are loving God and demonstrate that by obeying His Word and His prompting. Say it every urging every of the Holy Ghost. Holy Say it every urging. Every and how many know sometimes those urgings aren't convenient? <laughs> right? But the problem, the breakdown in our faith is primarily because of number three, people. Amen. Raise your hand if you've had some people that have challenged you on this one. 
Faith works by. It won't work without it. Well, Pastor, can I have a little victory? Because I got the first two right. <laughs> well, you sort of got the first two right, but if you're, if you're defying a command to forgive, then you really don't have number two as right as you think you do. They all kind of go together, don't they? Amen. So we're going to take these kind of one at a time to show you what this actually means. But uh, say it with me. I believe with all my heart God loves me. Say, I believe with all my heart I'm growing in love towards Him. I love Him. I trust Him. I have confidence in Him. And if He tells me to do something, He's got a reason for it. And because I love Him, I'm going to do it. Amen. You know, when Peter was told by Jesus to cast the net on what? The other side of the boat? This is a man who's a professional fisherman and a man who works with wood telling the fisherman how to do his job. But what did he say? Because of what you say. <laughs> but because you say, we'll do it. And he did it. And how many know Jesus did it? And it was a net breaking, boat sinking, load of fish. You get to the point where you don't have to have it all figured out to do what he told you to do. Let me say it another. You don't have to have everything figured out to love him. Amen. Glory to God. So say it. He loves me. I love him. And on number three, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> and I mean we collectively. We. Say it. I'm a work. <laughs> In progress. in progress. But we need to be progressing yes. and not stuck. I can tell you that Holy Ghost churches, word churches, people who refuse to, to grow in number three, <coughs> we aggravate those people. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, they either yield or they find a place that doesn't aggravate them. Mm -hmm. Let's not be aggravated. Let's just change. That's it. Okay. Let's just be what he's called us to be. Why? So our faith working with our hope will produce. Mm -hmm. Amen. Faith works by. Uh -huh. Shout it out. Faith, faith works. works. I put in the shout. Say it. Faith, faith works. works. Faith works. Faith by works. Love. By love. So the next time you say, well, my faith is not working, be sure it's, the problem is not your love. That's right. mm -hmm. Amen. Crickets. Wow. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap and thank him for it. <laughs> <laughs>